With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Not looking good for the Carolina Hurricanes money line bet that I have tonight. Plus 104 I have them in for. So a little bit of plus money. I liked it. Carolina at home. A good spot here to make a statement against Tampa Bay who they think Everybody thinks going to win that division in the futures market. I'm pretty sure there are a lot of tickets with the Lightning winning that division. But I thought the uh, the young kids could have made a little bit of a statement tonight. Also, their goaltending has just been incredible as of late. Their last game out, a nice little shutout. Two to one. This game isn't over. Ten minutes left in the second period. But, uh, yeah, the, the kids are going to have to do a lot more work for me to win that bet. Uh, speaking of the kids... And the grown adults, the veterans, the uh, guys that were out, like Claude Giroux, uh, it was a really weird Flyers game yesterday, and the opinions were flowing. Everybody had something to say, and mostly had something to say about Carter Hart. Now, joining me right now on the Dr. Glatt Regrow Your Hairline, Dr. Paul Glatt, Philadelphia's leading hair restoration doctor. Visit drglatt.com. It is Kelly Hinkle of Broad Street Hockey. You can follow her at Hinks. So the first question I got to ask, because there was a comparison, and I don't know if you're a big Eagles fans, but I'm sure being around the Philly area, and I'm sure you have plenty of followers uh, that do talk Eagles as well as Flyers hockey, but there was a comparison going around that Carson Wentz and Carter Hart are comparable and the same thing. Young, promising, good starts, but then completely fall apart. I think that is a horrible comparison, but when you heard that and saw it, I know you tweeted about it as well. What were your opinions on that? I mean, it's just, yeah, it's so silly. It's First of all, it's it's completely different. Like, this is Carter Hart's second season. I don't follow the Eagles super closely, but as far as I know, Carson Wentz was around for more than two seasons. Yes, he was. <laughs> as far as I know. Yeah. Look, if it was just um, the two seasons, we would have a high opinion about Carson Wentz. But, yeah, it's uh, kind of what happened after that. And, uh, yeah, this is uh, Eagles brain. The Philly sports fan base has Eagles brain. And they can't, they can't evaluate any sporting event outside of the framework of the Eagles. <laughs> so... You know, something's happening with the hockey team. We must find a related Eagles thing to compare it to. It happens every time. Yeah, it's that's a, a weird comparison, too. And yeah, cross-sport comparisons, I never understand. I get this one a little bit, but it doesn't make any sense because we got to be honest, Carter Hart's been pretty good most of his young, young, very early career. He's having a bad stretch of games. Is that kind of what the the way we should be looking at this? Or what is it? Is there some things that he does need to improve on that he hasn't yet? Uh, how should we be kind of approaching Carter Hart and this kind of rough start that he's had this season? So, first of all, we can just stipulate that he's not having the start, I think, that we all wanted him to have. That said, he's been pretty good against every single team that's not the Boston Bruins for the most part, um, just kind of like the team generally has been pretty good against every team that's not the Boston Bruins. 
that's incredibly frustrating for obvious reasons. Um, the Bruins are arguably the best team in the division, and the Flyers are arguably the second best team in the division, and the Bruins are the ones that we are going to have to hop over if they're going to win the division and get to the Stanley Cup final. So it's frustrating that the team can't seem to beat them this season. That said, you know, he's 22. He's, he's not you – can't, you can't throw the towel in on a goalie in his second season. And I think that – I actually um, was listening to Jason Martinez's podcast today – and I respect his hockey insights generally, but especially when it comes to goaltending stuff. Very, very good insight on goalies. Yeah, very good. Yeah, and he made a very good point that I think people kind of don't realize that in a goaltender's second season, any goaltender's second season, at this point, every NHL team has a book on you. Every NHL team knows exactly what your weaknesses are and exactly how to beat you. And your job as a goaltender is to adjust so that now that it seems that the Boston Bruins specifically, but probably most of the league, has noticed that he might be a little weak high glove, which is where Boston was beating him a lot in this outdoor game, he's going to have to adjust and take away that space that people have noticed that he gives up. That's going to take a little bit of time, that adjustment. It's not something that's going to happen instantly. That said, like, he's, he's been pretty good, pretty solid against the rest of the teams that the Flyers have played this season. So I don't think there's any real need to panic about the kid having a few bad games to start off the year. Yeah, 22 years old puts things in a lot of perspective, uh, thinking back to, I mean, which wasn't too long ago, it feels like forever, but uh, back when I was 22, uh, starting goalie in the NHL at 22, I don't think I would have been able to do anything like that. So it is still very young, very. Yeah, that's the other thing. I don't think people realize just how remarkable it is that he's a starting goaltender in the NHL at his age. And like, he's already had a lot of success, too. I, you, you can yeah. say that, right? Some very good early-on success with him. Absolutely, yeah. There, There's just no... It's, again, with the Eagles' brain, every single game becomes a panic because you're used to a 16-game season where every single game matters a lot. In a 56-game hockey season, things matter a little bit more than they would in an 82-game season, but every single game doesn't need to inspire a panic or a meltdown or a throwing in of the towel. He had a bad game, without question. He had a pretty good game against the Rangers after not playing for... I thought he looked fantastic in that game. I thought he looked he really looked good. really good. Really good. And, I mean, you could say that he's the reason that the Flyers were able to get a point out of the game at all. And then he went to Tahoe and he had a crappy game. Chances are the next game is going to be a good one. So it's it's just not anything to panic about. People just have to chill a little bit. <laughs> I think that is uh, that is exactly what yeah. needs to happen. Let's let's chill <laughs> out. Uh, at the Lake Tahoe game, we kind of knew there were going to be more eyes on it. And in national games like that, it's the same thing. Like Eagles' opinions are always going to be a lot bigger when it's a Sunday night football game or a Monday night football game because it's a national audience, big stage game, and everybody's talking about it. Same thing with that Flyers-Lake Tahoe game. It was probably going to get a lot more attention on it than usual. Like a game that they're sure. going to have coming up next 
probably not nearly as much as tension on it than it was for that game. We're talking with Kelly Hinkle of Broad Street Hockey. You can follow her at Hinks. Uh, she uh, does Broad Street Hockey, Broad Street Hockey Radio. Great podcast to listen to. I highly recommend it. But, of course, every time the, the Flyers and Bruins face off, it makes me look at the futures market for that division, East Division winner, Bruins minus 143, the Flyers plus 300. So you just mentioned how the Bruins have their number. What is that? Is there anything that can change for the Flyers to flip that script? Because in order for them to, to win that plus 300 and to win that division, they would need to beat Boston. So what needs to change, or is it just never going to happen, I guess, with how they match up? So I think one thing to keep in mind, and oftentimes people will say that this is an excuse. I don't think of it as an excuse. I think of it as a reason. And that is that the Flyers have not played a single game against the Boston Bruins with a full healthy lineup. Not a one. So we don't actually know what this team healthy looks like against the Boston Bruins. We don't know. And there's, I think, Quite a f- I think we have like a month or five weeks until the next Bruins game. So the Flyers have quite a lot of time to get healthy, to start to figure things out. They looked like they were starting to figure things out when Couturier came back. And then, of course, the COVID outbreak happened. So everything got, you know, messed up again. But the team needs to figure out the forecheck. It looked like they were starting to do that when the COVID stuff happens. So hopefully they'll pick that right back up. They need to shoot more without question. That's a bit of a problem. That said, they're not shooting a lot, but they are scoring a lot of goals relative to other teams. They're one of the highest scoring teams in the league. Um, but they have some stuff to figure out for sure. But I, I just don't, the Bruins are a better team for sure. Like that's no question. They're a better team on paper. They're a better team on the ice. The Flyers, though, on paper, are not that far behind. And we've not yet seen that on-paper team on the ice against the Bruins. And until we do, I'm not ready to say that they can't beat them. Yeah, that's kind of been the tough part about gauging this Flyers team because early on this season, Myers and Sean Couturier, two of their better players, one of their better defensemen, and then probably their best player, Sean Couturier, both went out early this season. And then as soon as Couturier comes back and Myers comes back, then it just goes, okay, well now seven players are on the COVID list and you won't have them for a couple of games. We haven't really seen this team at full strength. Uh, I guess the first question here is, when are we going to see at least some of those players back from the COVID list? Has there been any update or kind of a timeline of when that might be? So no one came off the list today. We were kind of hoping that maybe a couple of the guys might drop off today. They didn't. Um, But uh, Charlie O'Connor with the Athletics seems to think that a couple of guys might come off tomorrow or Wednesday, which would be good. I mean, I would imagine by next week, these, all of them will be off the list. So we don't have too much longer to go. But, I mean, like you said, this, we had precisely one game of the season with a full healthy lineup. It was the first game against the Penguins, which the Flyers absolutely dominated and won handily. That was the team that we were hoping to see for the entire season. And since that game, nothing has gone to plan. Hopefully... Once everyone's healthy, the lineup is optimized again. Guys get a chance to 
find chemistry with lines, the defensive pairs start to look a little bit better, maybe then we can start talking about what this team actually is. Right now, we just don't know. Yeah, and I don't think we're going to know until they're at full strength. Uh, I, I I don't think we can gauge sort of anything on the start of this season. It's kind of remarkable that they have had a lot of kind of challenges already faced early on this season, and they still have a respectable record, and they're still uh, near the top. So it's I don't think anything to panic about. Now when everything everybody gets healthy and they're at full strength and things just start to get worse, well, then that's an issue, and we'll cross that bridge when we get there. But right now, I don't think there's any worry. I want to go to another team that... I, I think there was a little bit of a worry about, not that uh, everybody was going to be completely off them in the futures market, but they kind of stumbled a bit with high expectations, and that, of course, is going to the first Lake Tahoe game with the Avalanche and Golden Knights. Have you kind of seen a a turnaround a bit? I don't know if you're up for midnight hockey, though, Kelly Hinkle, Uh, but (laughs) is there sort of a turnaround here for the Avalanche? I feel like they have been playing better as of late, and of course, that Golden Knights win uh, was a big one. Yeah, that was a really big one for them. I uh, did not <laughs> stay up till midnight to watch. I thought you would game. be up. I, I was going to. Uh, I was trying to be an alarm for you. I was going to tweet you, <laughs> be like Kelly Hinkle, you have to wake up and watch midnight hockey. But uh, yeah, I decided to let you sleep in. <laughs> I heard good things about it though. Um, yeah, the Avalanche are another team where you know, like the Flyers, things have not gone completely perfectly out of the gate, but. You look at that team and you know that they're good. Like, it's just, I don't think that you can expect a team that talented. With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandslots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. To underperform for an entire season. It's just, if that happens, like something's gone terribly wrong in Colorado, and I don't think that's going to happen. So it's just, it's a weird season. It's been a bit messy for a lot of teams to start. And the Avalanche, like the Flyers, hopefully are going to be trending in the right direction now that they've had a month of games to get themselves together. And another division I've been looking at, because the Avalanche right now minus 118 to win the West Division, the Golden Knights plus 195, and the Golden Knights have gotten off to a great start. But uh, yeah, the, the Avalanche playing better has me a little bit concerned there. But I've liked the Carolina Hurricanes from the start. They've had a great start to this season. And so have the Tampa Bay Lightning. It's very odd to see the Hurricanes have jumped the Lightning in the Central. They're plus 100, which makes them the favorite in the Central. The Lightning are plus 125. I'm actually thinking about jumping on that now before or it changes again, but how do you think the Central Division does turn out? Because Carolina started off great, and they're playing a great hockey game, too. They've gotten back in this. It's still 2-1, to one, but uh, the shot discrepancy isn't as bad as it was to start. They're playing the Tampa Bay Lightning very well. Is this still the Lightning's division to win, or does it now get a little bit more muddy because of the way the Hurricanes have been playing at the start? So I do think it's it's not unreasonable to say that this is the Lightning's division to win, but I don't think it's something that you could, since we're a betting show, I don't think that you could, it's not a sure thing. Like if you put money on the Lightning to win the division, be prepared for that 
not to happen. It's it's not a sure thing, especially because the Hurricanes are an incredibly good hockey team. And the thing that I worried most about them was goaltending. And somehow, somehow I don't get it. They're, they've just completely really been and, and all of them, every single one of them, have been great when they in spots. Uh, it's been it truly remarkable. Sense. Yeah, it doesn't. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, because it's not like they have, like, the guys that they have in goal are guys that have played on other teams and have been either bad or, you know, average or whatever, but they come to the Hurricanes and somehow they're lights out. I don't know if it's the team in front of them. They, they have a lot of good players. They play a really fun style of hockey. Brenda Moore, I think, is just an outstanding coach. That team, I think if anyone's going to leapfrog the lightning, it's, it's going to be them. Yeah. And they've certainly, they've been trending this way for a couple of years now. Uh, they they have, have a yeah. very young roster. And like you said, Rod Brindamore has just done an excellent job with them. He's created a really fun culture and atmosphere there. Uh, they, I mean, they were called a, what a bunch of jerks and they ran with yeah. it. Like, they, <laughs> they just are having so much fun playing and now it's kind of turning into the, these players are progressing, they're more talented, uh, or, and, and getting more talented, and, and this team just looks really good. I, I feel like, is this the year we finally see the Hurricanes actually in the playoffs? Because they've gotten to the playoffs and have not looked good, but is this the year that it finally happens with them in the playoffs and they can win a couple of series? I think that this, getting them out of the metro, well, the old metro, um, that was a really tough division, obviously, which made it a little bit harder for the Hurricanes to make any real progress in the playoffs. I think that being in the Central this season, um, the road's a little bit easier for them. The Lightning are really the only team in that division that I think they would have to worry about. So it stands to reason they could end up winning a couple of playoff rounds this year. Yeah, I hope so. Uh, and they just scored a power play goal, so it's now tied Uh-oh. 2-2. The bet is still in play. <laughs> the money line plus 104. Uh, this is this is good. I, I actually really love how they're playing tonight. Um, they were facing a little bit of adversity early on because they were just getting outshot, could not put anything on the net, but uh, they've been really scrappy, which, of course, you kind of expect that from the Hurricanes. Very young, very fun team to watch, and they've been scrappy, and now a 2-2 tie in the second period for the Canes and Lightning. We're talking talking with Kelly Hinkle of Broad Street Hockey. You can follow her at Hinks, uh, always talking about Flyers, but uh, other things around the NHL as well. So I want to get to one game tonight. We talked about the Avalanche and Golden Knight. This game is in Colorado. Uh, the Avalanche minus 141 favorite. Golden Knights plus 123. I don't need to ask you about the money lines or anything like that, but just tonight's matchup. Do you think the, the Avalanche have turned a corner and at home here they should be probably a, a favor in this matchup. You know, the Golden Knights are a really good team, too. That's the thing with these two teams. They're probably the best two teams out West. No, they are. Um, I can say that pretty confidently. Um, so, honestly, it's, I think a toss-up when these two teams play each other. It's They're so evenly matched that it's kind of like whichever team – gets luckiest on a given night with these two teams is going to be the team that wins. Um, I don't think that you can look at those two teams and call either one a sure thing favorite over the other on any given night. Now, how do the, going back to the futures markets, because I always pass over this team, but 
I mean, are we looking past the Blues a little bit too much here? Because on the board, they're plus 650, well behind the Avalanche, well behind the Golden Knights. But last time I checked, I'm pretty sure the Blues are at the top of that division. So what? what is it that good start to the season have been good the past few years, but what is it that everybody just seems to not want to jump on board with them yet? It's actually a really good point, John. What is it about the Blues? <laughs> I think it's they're just, they're, they're not, there's not a lot of flashiness on the blues. There's not really a lot of like highlight reel hockey going on with the blues. Every once in a while you'll see something, but for the most part, I just don't think that they play a style of hockey that lends itself to people paying attention to them until it's like, Oh yeah, the blues. Yeah. Are good. <laughs> so it comes around playoff time. You realize, Oh yeah. yeah. How have they oh, been yeah. doing? Oh, they're good again. <laughs> I didn't know that. <laughs> Those guys. I always forget about them. They are good. Don't get me wrong. I just don't, I don't think that they can hold a candle to the avalanche or the golden Knights. Yeah. And the but, books yeah. are, the books are saying that as well. Uh, they're, they're saying there's really, not to say there's no chance. Plus 650, obviously, is not too much of a long shot, but still, they're in a different tier. Avalanche and Golden Knights, it seems like they're the class of that division, which they very well should be because uh, the the Avalanche have a ton of talent and one of the best players in hockey in Nathan McKinnon. And then, as well, the Golden Knights, with their past success, how great they have been uh, and starting off so good this season. It's probably right to have those two up top. Now, the North Division, I don't talk about too much because... The Maple Leafs just seem like the best team and they're going to win it. Is there any chance any of these other teams in the North Division can hold a candle or get close to the Maple Leafs? Because it just doesn't seem like it's so far for me. I can't. I don't. I can't imagine. I mean, I guess there's like a chance that they could lose like Austin Matthews and Mitch Marner to like season ending injury. <laughs> Perhaps that would do it. But otherwise, there's just. I mean, the Maple Leafs have been an extremely talented hockey team for a few years now. For some reason, they always seem to struggle to put it all together. But the fact of the matter is the rest of the Canadian teams are, for the most part, pretty weak. Montreal has looked pretty good this season. Um, The Canucks are not bad. But for the most part, Toronto over the other Canadian teams is like heads and shoulders better than the rest of them. So they, they have a real opportunity this year to, you know, get pretty far in the playoffs without having to work that hard because the teams, they're just not as good. There's no other way to say it. Yeah. And that's what the books are telling us. And uh, I, I was maybe trying to think of if there could be a sneak play here, but there really isn't. I think the no. ma- the uh, Maple Leafs are just the best team in that division. Last question for Kelly Hinkle. You can follow her at Hinks and check out all of her stuff at Broad Street Hockey and Broad Street Hockey Radio. Great podcast that I love listening to. Uh, the Flyers play the Rangers on Wednesday. Do we see a little bit of revenge here? Uh, looking into the crystal ball, uh, do we see the Flyers getting some revenge and getting back into the win column here? Here's hoping. I mean, I'm hoping that they'll get at least a few players back from this COVID list. Um, There's just, you can't really put a shine on the fact that they have two AHL defensemen playing wing on the fourth line and fourth liners on the second line. Like the lineup right now, 
as it stands, is just a giant mess. It's- yeah, and that that just brings to the point. Why weren't we talking about that more when it came to the Lake Tahoe game? Because it just seemed like <laughs> Carter Hart's the problem, and then you realize, oh, yeah, they don't have really professional-level player hockey players on the ice at some times. It's just, I, I don't know, maybe that should have been talked about a little bit more. It, it probably should have been. I mean, the thing that was super wild to me is that I don't think there was a single Flyers fan going into this game thinking that they were going to beat the Boston Bruins. I just don't think that people expected them to lose the way that they did. And that's what got people all thrown into a tizzy. But I mean, when you lose five of your top nine and one of your defensemen, there's no, there's just no good that can come of that. Like it's just, it's a very impossible thing for a team to overcome. One of the best teams in hockey. That's not usually, that's not a good thing. Yeah, so, I mean, if we're looking at the same lineup in this Rangers game that we saw in the last Rangers game, it's a toss-up because the Flyers held their own in that Rangers game. The Rangers aren't a very good team. Um, They're going to be without Artemi Panarin in this next one because of what's going on with him. Um, So the Flyers have a definite chance to win this game, even if they aren't a fully formed lineup yet. And so I lied. I have one more question because I did look, and uh, this guy I know has been playing well, but then to look at the numbers still, and it's really great how he's done this season. That's James Van Riemsdyk. He's been amazing. Um, Is this sustainable? Because I know last year the scoring output wasn't there, wasn't what we thought it would be. But this year, I mean, he is lighting up the scoreboard, whether it is with goals or dishing them out as well. Uh, He has 21 points this season. I mean, that's an encouraging thing, but... How sustainable is this level of play? Because it, was, it wasn't the best last year for JVR. You know, this season, they are playing him the way that he needs to be played in order to be successful. Last season, there was a lot of weird power play choices. It didn't make any sense to me. But James Van Riemsdyk is a power play goal scorer. It's what he does. It's how he makes his money. They weren't using him on the power play properly last year. They are this year, and lo and behold, he's scoring goals. Not only that, but he just he looks good. I'm not sure what his problem was last season, but this is James Van Riemsdyk. Like, this is who he was in Toronto. This is who he's been for most of his career. Last year is not the norm for him. So this is, I think, what we were hoping to get when they brought James Van Riemsdyk back. And I would expect him to continue this level of production for the rest of the season. I hope so, because once they do get full strength to have JVR playing at this level, uh, that's uh-huh. that's very good for the Flyers. Also very good talking with you about the Flyers each week. It's actually been a while because I've been out for a long time. I realized, like, man, I haven't had a good Flyers conversation with Kelly Hinkle. Finally glad we were able to do it, and uh, hopefully we had uh, a family member again listening to you yell about the Flyers because that's always fun. <laughs> Not as much yelling as I thought today, so pretty good. I think I think we composed ourselves a little bit. We had every reason to yell at the Carter Hart Carson Wentz comparison, so I think we did pretty good here. We did very well. We're very reasonable people. <laughs> uh, Kelly, always fun talking to you. Can't wait to do it again. <laughs> Thanks, John. Lucky Land Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky. Lucky in line at the deli, I guess. Aha, in my dentist's office. 
More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.